You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, aka Dr. Lowe. Technically, I'm Dr. Smith. I know I haven't gone through and done all of the official name change, but it's Lauren Ashley Fitzgerald Smith, which means that my initials are LAFS, L A F S, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, but I think just for simplicity and I don't know, probably smart marketing. I'm going to keep it as Dr. Lowe, but you may start to hear me drop off Dr. Noel, which is going to be hard because I, I really do like my last name, but it's a, my old last name, I should say. Anyway, that was a little rabbit trail, but again, um, thank you for joining me. If you're a new listener, especially um, welcome. If you are a repeat listener, thanks for um, being back again with me. Um, and for anyone who has been getting some good you know, value from this podcast, I would love if you'd press pause and go over and leave me a review. I don't, I feel like I don't ask for it often. But um, y'all are kind of lazy listeners. I'm just going to call you out. I'm just kidding. Um, kind of kidding, like 92% kidding. But um, it really does help show the podcast higher up in the search um, engine. So if people are you know, looking up naturopathic medicine or health or whatever. Um, and also I read them and I really, and I might start reading them on the air, like some highlight ones that I kind of hate when people do that, but I also feel like as a listener, I would want to hear mine on the air, but, um, I do read them. And if you have any suggestions, if you have any, you know, questions, anything that you feel like would make the podcast podcast better, um, you can put that on there, but I am a words of affirmation girl. So if you want to just shower me with love, I would just feel so energized by that, but no pressure. Um, <laughs> on this podcast, we talk about something a little different than my usual content. We talk about the health of wealth. And, um, you know, it's not something I talk about a lot, but I do include personal development kind of content on this podcast. And also one thing I love about still being a clinician, you know, a doctor who still sees patients in the clinical setting is I still have a strong pulse on what, um, is affecting people's health from a cause perspective. And a lot of times I find with patients that the financial part is, often a big burden that's affecting their health. And so it is something I do ask, you know, from zero to 10, how stressed are you? Um, you know, when you take out of the picture, how stressed do you feel like you should be based on where your life is, you know, just because you have everything lined up, you can still feel a 10 out of 10 stress um, just based subjectively on how you feel. So just asking yourself honestly about that, how stressed you are, and then just identifying what are some of the main sources of that stress. Um, financial, I would say probably 50% of the time is one of the top ones for people with patients. So I just try to talk them through that a little bit. I don't really get a whole lot into the financial, but oftentimes I, I find that them taking care of their health, physical health, it actually helps their financial, even though it is a ding in the beginning on their finances with doing labs and doing you know all the supplements and, and appointments and stuff. In the end, it compounds to where they end up actually being more energetic, being able to make more money, um, just kind of engage more in life, which allows them to make more money that helps, um, you know, but they just, it has that compound kind of effect, which is really beautiful to see. So in this podcast, we talk about ways to kind of check in on the health of your finances. So, um, but I just wanted to talk real quick on this intro about checking in on the health of your own body. Have you yourself had thorough, thorough lab work done? Have you had a doctor look at things more from a, a wider lens, not just like the basic things that your insurance company, you know, thinks is important. It's crazy. When I look at what um, a conventional lab panel is, I cringe. I just look at that and I go, this is like 
like crooked. This like any doctor that runs this to me, it's a crook because I'm sh and it's a little over, over the top, but they're not, you know, they're just finding the bare minimum of things. And so many things slipped through the cracks with that. So they're really not getting a good picture of where their health is. So you got to be able to find um, someone to work with, whether locally or work with someone like me, who's virtual, whatever, finding someone who, who resonates with you and who you resonate with also, it has to be kind of a two-way street who looks at things from a bigger perspective, you know, not only like for your thyroid, for example, you know, did you have a full panel then like looking at the full thing, not just TSH, have you had your antibodies done? Like your anti-TPO and anti-TG were those done? So were you assessed for Hashimoto's 80% of the time, if you have an issue with your thyroid, it's, it's due to Hashimoto's. So was that fully assessed for? Um, I can't tell you how many times I'll see a patient. They've been on thyroid replacement therapy for probably 15, 20, 25 years. And they finally come into my practice. I run lab work, the full panel. And I find that because they, they still have raging thyroid symptoms, even though they're taking medication for it. And sometimes their, their labs from their conventional doctors a little better, maybe, but their hair is still falling out. They can't lose weight. They're dry as a cracker from head to toe, you know, no sex drive. Like they just feel awful. They like puffy, you know, Anyway, I run the full panel and I'm like, you have raging Hashimoto's, which can't be treated the same way. You have to treat it as an autoimmune condition. So that gets treated the right way. And then they're finally on the right trajectory, which we talk a lot about in this episode, being on a, a particular trajectory, but they're finally on the right, you know, think of like a, a train track going to a specific location. You know, I, I love the, the visual of like the Emerald city or, you know, going on the whatever yellow brick road or yellow brick train track. Um, but you know, you get back on track and so, but it's important, you know, you got to get the lab work done. You can't just like, think about like your car. Let's say you have to diagnose your car just based on, you know, I don't know what it sounds like <laughs> or something, or maybe, maybe one of the lights on the dash, but you're not actually taking it to a mechanic that really assesses it from a, a, a larger scale. So that's important. And are you just taking supplements randomly? Are you just going to a local, you know, health food store and having the, the person in the health department who maybe they have a good level of training, maybe they don't, and they're just recommending a supplement? Or is it just passing through you? Are you taking the right magnesium, you know, form of magnesium? There's like 10 different forms. Um, you know, is the camp the Amazon collagen powder, you know, that you're taking, is it a cure-all for your hair loss or? Maybe your hair loss is due to a deficient thyroid or deficient um, estrogen, or maybe due to a past viral infection or a, a time of trauma or stress. I mean, you really have to have someone dive into it, you know? So anyway, I work with patients locally in California. I work with them all over the country in the U S um, via zoom. It's all virtual. So there's no problem if it's, if you're not local, um, and we run, you know, particular labs and I come up with a plan that's specific for you. What are supplements you should take? Which specific ones should you take? Um, which brands should you take that are tested to be clean, that are tested to be absorbed really well, that are, you know, have third-party lab testing that check them out and make sure that they're legit and they, um, you know, are honest and they're not just claiming things that aren't true. So, you know, having all of that figured out for you, so you don't have to figure it out and then using lab work to retest it and see that things are improving while monitoring that you're improving, that you're feeling better. You know, I love when people say they feel like themselves again, they can just live their life again. They feel free. Um, you know, in this episode, we talk about freedom as being, um, you know, what comes along with the, getting your the health of your wealth, right? But it's also the same with getting your physical health, right? You truly do feel free. So anyway, it's a little bit longer of a plug for my practice, but I'm, I'm accepting new patients. I'd love to work with anyone who wants some help in this area. You want to call the office and ask for Kate. So um, best thing for our contact info, just go to our website, shinenaturalmedicine.com. And you can just fill out a little thing there and we can email you or um, you can call us or we can call you back. So and you ask for Kate. Kate is the girl who will help you. All right. So with that said, that was quite lengthy, but I just felt like I needed to say a few things. Um, 
I feel like there's someone who needed to hear that and needs to start taking better care of themselves. And I don't say that from a place of shame, but just from a place of encouragement that, um, you know, you're valuable and, um, it's time to, to do this for yourself. So, all right, well, I'm going to pivot into the episode of today. I think you're going to really enjoy it and, um, let's do it. I'm so excited to have you and I'm so excited to have my guest who I had the honor of meeting a few months back and I was so impressed with her. I said I have to have her on to share her expertise and her presence with my audience. So I'm excited to finally have this happening. So my guest is Christina Wise and she has made it her life's work to master money. So it's a bit of a different topic today. I know I have a health, you know, podcast, but this relates so much to your wellness, actually. Um, you can even replace well with wealth, your wealthness. I know, kind of corny, but it's true, right? Connecting your um, financial health with your physical health. I see it all the time with, with in my practice. So I'm excited to type, dive into this. So she is a self-made multimillionaire with the equivalent of at least two PhDs of intense study with some of her the business world's most um, seasoned mentors in the business world. Her training and experience have built proven systems that work in both good and challenging times. After nearly losing her life in 2013 and spending almost half a million dollars to recover, her mission is now to inspire others to build extraordinary wealth and optimal health. Named one of the 100 most influential real estate leaders in the country, she's been featured in USA Today, and recognized by Apple and Evernote for her creative leadership with emerging technologies. Christina is an international speaker and award-winning author of the Amazon bestseller, Falling for Money, a romance novel for your bank account. And she may wear athletic clothes and a baseball cap for almost any occasion, but don't let it fool you. Financial sovereignty means the freedom to choose. She chooses to show up in a baseball cap instead of a Lamborghini, even though she could choose a ladder, and you can learn more about how she teaches about this and her um, uh, money school for micro business owners at sovereigntyacademy.com. So it's a really impressive bio, Christina, but you are very down to earth and humble. And that's one of the things I loved about just first meeting you. So thank you for being humble and gracing us with your presence and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for reading that, that horribly long bio. So anyway. I normally don't read a whole bio, but I was, I just really enjoyed reading it. It was written well. <laughs> and I felt like it had some really good points about it. So, um, so tell us a little bit about the losing your life story. Obviously that stood out um, in your, your bio back in 2013. What happened? Yeah. Well, the, the, what precedes that is that, you know, big part of my story is what I just, what I call chasing the money. And my entire life and career was about more money, more wealth, more status, more achievement. And it was always in the pursuit of more, what I call the pursuit of more. And I wasn't paying attention to my health. Now, what's interesting, it's not like I was overweight. It's not, I mean, I was running marathons. I was doing triathlons. I was, I was doing things I thought was healthy, but what I was doing is I was kind of in this pursuit of more and pursuit of perfection and pushing myself in all categories all the time. And I thought sleep and lack of sleep was a, was a badge of honor <laughs> um, and, you know, so on and so forth. And what happened to me is, I, I mean, I thought I was completely healthy until one day I couldn't get out of bed yeah. and it went on for about nine months of, of trying to diagnose what was wrong. Now, interestingly enough, Lauren, is that our mutual friend, Dr. Annika Becca is who diagnosed me mm. after all my hair fell out. And after, you know, I looked anorexic and after my organs were shutting down and all the things. And, and for me, it was a, people always ask me, well, what happened? And it was a perfect storm of so many things. Like, it's not like one mm. thing. Yeah. But the kind of the lead domino, I would say, was just overstressed. And where it what yeah. happened is when it started, is I was actually of all things, I was speaking on a platform with about 600 people in the audience. I was the keynote speaker of opening this entire thing. 
highlight of my career, top leaders in the industry were in the audience. And while I was giving this keynote speech, I heard this click in my brain and it took me off my speech for a second, but I got right back into it and I was high of adrenaline. It was one of my best speeches ever. I had a standing ovation. And I mean, this was actually the highlight of my career. Like everything I'd done was for this one moment, all the sacrifices, all the compromises, all of it were for this moment. And I like nailed it at this moment. And when I got off the stage within 24 hours, I was out once mm. the adrenaline wore off. And I had a TIA, which is basically wow. a mini stroke and mm -hmm. that started it, but it was a stress stroke. And from there, it just went Crazy. bad and worse. And when, Around how old were you at this time? You don't have to share yeah, specifics of your life. I was probably 34. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, Crazy so, to get a TIA at 34. Yeah. So uh, it was. It, That's it, like unheard of. It's unheard of. It really is unheard of. And then it just was a domino effect from there. My body just basically gave me the finger. And and also what came, came out of that was so much. I mean, there was the physical piece. The TIA was the lead domino. But I was actually breaking down from heavy, heavy metal poisoning mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, just complete adrenal fatigue by that point, like everything, you just name it. Yeah. It. But what's interesting is I didn't know I was sick because I was so mind, I was just so um, mind over matter. I was a marathon runner and a triathlete. Like you, you just, it's mind over matter, everything until something breaks. So that yeah. took me on the health journey. But what was interesting that came out of that was this kind of uh, was wasn't awareness because it was so obvious. But I learned that my whole life was pursuit of more, and I had so much. Just I already had everything I needed, but I yeah. was never good enough, right? I wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. I was always looking for that next line, that next next rung of the ladder to to climb. And mm -hmm. so it really taught me that oh, when my body's not healthy my business breaks down. Oh, when my body's not healthy, I can't make money. Oh, when my body's not healthy, I can't enjoy my kids and my life and all these beautiful things that I have and I've created, but I've never appreciated because yeah. it's never enough. So that really became the journey of what I teach now is in, 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 in the other side of that equation, the other part of that equation also is that what really saved my life was the fact that I was good with money. I had money, I had assets. And because while I was during in my professional career and building my businesses and doing all the thing I was doing, I, I had a really successful business at the time, highly profitable. It, it did really well financially, but at the same time, I was building my net worth as buying assets. I had a decent amount of cash, owned a lot of real estate. That was my private side as I was I did like in my bio, I was really studying business and money and was very intentional about building wealth and, and creating this thing called financial freedom. So ironically that while I was always in the pursuit of all that and the pursuit of more, it's actually what saved my life at the same time, because I had the cash and the resources to, to, to pay all the bills and do all the things and, and pay a lot of expensive healthcare and practitioners to try to not only find out what was wrong, but then to get me back to the place of wellness after the fact. So it's this polarity, this really interesting place of realizing like, wow, money is so important. I mean, in my case, it literally saved my life. But mm -hmm. what's so screwed up about it is we make so much of our life about the money and we're missing the fact that it's not about the money. It's actually about what, what you do. It's all about living well, like being healthy, being healthy, spiritually being healthy mentally i mean think of all the mental illness we have today just a lot a lot from stress and overwhelm and and trauma and stuff but you know our emotional wellness and our physical wellness and our home you know all these pieces that's what the money serves it's not about more money for the sake of more money is to understand like this what i say is what's the most important thing one of the, I think one of the most important life questions we can ask ourselves, not the only life question, but one of the most important life questions we can ask ourselves is kind of twofold is the first thing is what is a good life? And to really spend this time, like quiet time, white space, spend a weekend, spend a day, I don't even spend an hour, but really sit, sit down and write out and think about what is a good life? Like what is a fully, what is a full good life? 
And usually it boils down to a few things is that we want a healthy body, mind, and spirit. Like we want to be healthy. And any of us listening who've had, you know, health concerns, we know that when we're unhealthy, when we're sick, when we're diseased, when we're in pain, any type of pain, when, you know, we have infertility issues that brings a certain level of pain, whatever, when we're not healthy, one of our things that we want more than anything is we want to be well. When I was sick, I only, I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to get healthy again, <laughs> you know? So there's that wellness category. And then, you know, when we talk about a good life, usually we want really good relationships. You know, we want a great relationship with a spouse or partner. We want great relationships with our, with our a family, our friends, our children, hopefully. But, you know, we really want these great relationships, but what are we doing when we're in the pursuit of more money all the time, but more money and more material possessions, because we think money and material possessions will make us kind of happier. Like we're missing out that we don't have the right cars. Or we're missing out that we don't have the right houses or we're missing out that we can't take the right vacations. Or we're missing out that we don't have the right shoes, the right bags or something. And we're, so we're pursuing more money to have these more expensive lifestyles to be able to per buy more things, thinking more things are going to bring more happiness when actually the happiness and we're sacrificing so much that's actually sacrificing the relationships and our health and the pursuit of those things. And it's just so backwards. And this is so subconscious and kind of culturally built in this pursuit of more is that if we can really design what is a good life, then it'll kind of boil down to these categories. And when we can focus on that, then the next part of the question is how much does it cost to live it? Mm. That's what I say. One of the most important questions we can ask ourselves is a financial question that how much does it cost to live my good life? And now we can make money more meaningful. It's not just about the chase of it, but it's more about the creation of our good life. It's about manifestate manifesting the money, the creations, <laughs> building the business, you know, um, being on the same page with our, with our spouse, or our partner, because we want to co-create this life together. We want to co-create the financial means that underwrite the cost of living this life. And we both want this. So we're in a conversation and we're doing this dance with our money and building this relationship around money together, all for the sake of get, living a good life. So anyway, that's, that's what I teach now is how much money is enough. What is financial independence? How do we reverse engineer everything back into numbers that actually have meaning and importance? And how do we get out of the rat race? And how do we get out of the, you know, the game, just that, that pursuit of more game that in so many cases is, is killing us. Wow. There's so much there. Oh my goodness. And it's like, how often do people actually stop for a second and look at their actual life vision? You know, like, what is it that I want to do what is a good life you know like in your words what is a good life and to just not be on the hamster wheel for a second you know hop off for a second and just sort of look it up at everything um it's i don't think that happens a lot so powerful to do that and i think well the, in the hamster wheel and i refer to the hamster wheel all the time and for so many of us you know we're business owners we're moms maybe wives um entrepreneurial love our career, want to help people make impact. And as we know, not, not that we love the word balance, but it's a lot to balance. But without, without, um, without our kind of the, the, the why behind all of it, like the big why, you know, we talk about the right. why in business, like have your why in business, but it's no, our big why is our why in life. Like what is most important? Because so many people, I, I work with so many health practitioners, and you probably know this, but you know we can, especially in the more traditional model, the the more traditional medicine. Um, interesting. I'll tell a little story that my my um, daughter's significant other he just graduated from med school, and so now he's going to go be he's going to be doing his residency. But I was at the graduation, and so I seen all these new doctors that were, you know, crossing the platform to, you know, get their um, their thing around their neck to say, "Hey, you've graduated med school." Like, what a beautiful moment! I mean, you know, like how much sacrifice goes in. All health practitioners is so much sacrifice goes in, and you know, uh, with ND and MD, there's so much sacrifice, as you know, to get these these degrees and to, you know, get this 
to, to graduate from med school. So I'm looking at this, but what do you think, uh, Lauren, what do you think they, how healthy they looked walking across the stage? <laughs> right. They're, they, they weren't walking, they were crawling. I mean, it, you just, it was when you, it's this proud moment at the same time, I'm looking at them. It's like yeah. walking across the stage. And then that's just the beginning. And then going to residency. And I mean, they are just so beat down. It's great. And a lot of them become my patients. <laughs> I bet, exactly. And, you know, most of them were overweight and, and they're young, you know, they're, they're yeah, right. 25 and 30, these, you know, they're just, they're so young and they've started off, they're overweight, they look stressed out, there's bag guys, they look tired. And granted, it's a lot mid school, but the point is that I work with a lot of people in the, in the health field and, and the, the big why is again, it's like they sacrifice their lives to help others and their families suffer and their health suffers. And it's, and it's like part of, it's almost part of this, like I'm going to sacrifice myself to help others. And it's like, can't we do both? Like, can't we? Yeah, of course. Is it yeah. the big why? Like, no, I, my, my, my professional mission in life is to help others and to help them like in the wellness categories to help them be healthier and that, but not at the sacrifice of my own health. Like it's my job yeah. to, is the big why is like, no, how do I arrange this or organize this maybe after med school and residency? Cause you don't get a lot of choice in that, in that stage. But, but you know, what is like, how do we keep this in focus that we have our stake in the ground that says my family and my wellness are, are important. And how do I organize my life around this? And again, the money piece, which is, it tends to be the missing piece, but it's that thing. And, and how much money is enough that supports this life and this lifestyle that we've deemed is good so mm -hmm. that we can get out of the hamster wheel, because what the hamster wheel is when we refer to that and how it's created, it's so subconscious and insidious that we don't even realize it because each day we're all just getting up, trying to make be the best selves and get out the door and do our job and take care of the, we're doing our best every day. So without like a guide that kind of, again, that big why that always keeps us centered and, and, you know, aligned, or at least gives us a, a notification basically when we're out of alignment, but yeah, what the, the hamster wheel is means each day we're kind of getting up and let's say the hamster wheel in financial me in financial terms is we're getting up and we're going to work it's in our own business or if it's somebody else's, but we're going to work. Maybe our spouse is doing the same. We go out and do that, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, one way or another. And we come home a little bit tired. And then we do all the household stuff and get the household bills paid. And we do that day after day. And where what I call the trap, it's the money trap. And it's even, it's even, it's even a bigger trap for entrepreneurs and business owners. So I tend to work with entrepreneurs and business owners. And so I just call it the money trap and it's the entrepreneurial money trap, the business person money trap. And what it is, is it's that we go and we build these businesses or we climb the ladder of our career and we start making a higher and higher income. And that's great. That's, it's meant to be that way, right? We, we want to continue to grow our money and with, with our profession. But what happens is at the same time that we're growing our business and the money in our business, or we're growing our career and the money in our career, what also follows suit is our household expenses go up also. It's called lifestyle creep. <laughs> so the cost right. of life emulates the more money we make. So as we make more money, our lifestyle increases. Mm -hmm. And it just is so natural. And it just keeps going up, 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 up. As long as we continue to make more money, the cost of our lifestyle increases to match the amount of money we're making. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so what happens is the danger of then when we're starting to make a lot of money, we feel rich. And now we're in the rich person's <laughs> class. And rich person's class, naturally, again, this isn't right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's I feel like, attacked, Christina. Yeah, attacked. exactly. But it's, <laughs> the thing, it's just this naturally thing where, where our houses get more expensive. Our cars get more expensive. Our vacations get more expensive. Our, like our luxury items get more expensive. Again, nothing wrong with that. We work really hard with our money. But what happens is the more expensive our lifestyle is, 
And then, you know, we don't pay for these expensive lifestyles with cash. Usually, you know, we have a nice mortgage payment. We have nice expensive car payments. We have other luxury item payments. And so on a month to month basis, our lifestyle is really expensive. Yeah. Now we're, now we're trapped into this expensive life. So now what do we have to do? We have to go to the business to do it again, to hit the, you know, do over button that I have to go work that hard in the business to sustain this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's the hamster wheel. We go to work and work hard and make a lot of money to have a really expensive lifestyle thinking that our happiness is in this lifestyle. But so many people in these expensive lifestyles, if you ask them if they're happy, they're not happy because their relationships are really suffering one way or another. They don't have a great marriage. They're they're Many times they're not healthy. But, you know, we're kind of buying our happiness in that way, not paying attention. But that's what the hamster wheel is. And that can go on forever. So what I do money is that the day we want to get off the hamster wheel, we have to understand that it's not obvious how to do that. Mm-hmm. What's obvious is getting on the hamster wheel. That's what everybody does. It's not obvious of how to get out of it. And the only way to get off the hamster wheel is to build what's called wealth. And that's what I teach people how to do. It's like, oh, this isn't about income and expenses where, you know, I go to work and build this really awesome business to make us a really nice, you know, living and to be able to spin that. But it's about knowing what the margin is. It's about understand knowing the number, how much money is enough on an annualized basis. And when do I want to have more freedom and, and freedom in the amount of time? So when we start looking for more time versus more money, then we can understand that, okay, there's a mechanism, there's a science, there's a there's a, a map, there's something we can do that then is going to take us off that hamster wheel. So we can get out of what I call this man, this income and expense game and trying to manage that and being, you know, in the hustle and, and on that hamster wheel to where it's a whole different mindset, skill set, and strategy where we're now concerned about building wealth because wealth is freedom. Mm-hmm. Our business isn't freedom, creating creating passive income or asset income. We're, we're starting to fund a portion of our life and the cost of our lifestyle through non-working income. And again, it's a very different trajectory and it's a very different model, financial model to follow so that we start building the wealth that only the wealth itself is what's going to get us off the hamster wheel. Did that make yes. sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like helping to increase that gap um, to where, like you said, you know, the, the wealth each month comes in, but then also the expenses go out and that, you know, there's always that similar ratio, even when you go up in the income, but I know for myself, I definitely want to increase that gap. And I find so much of this is, is so mental because, you know, for so many of us, we go through these ebbs and flows where we're like really on it, you know, for a little while with, managing our money really well and finding different ways maybe to make money and just like pretty on it. And then we get off track again, maybe make a few little uh, kind of fringy purchases on our credit card. And then that starts to build up and, you know, it just gets off track. So, you know, I would say, how do we help with the mindset part of that to where that doesn't happen so much? It's not a yo-yo. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I love that question, by the way. And I believe it's really, again, rooted in what I call being really emotionally connected to your future self. Mm, mm. That Okay, if I'm sitting at this age I am now, and I can feel how I feel today. And, you know, when we're younger, we've got more energy, we can hustle more, we can do these things. But the older we get, we actually really do. Even, Even when we're really you know, taking care of ourselves and, and, you know, doing all the anti-aging things, our bodies still get a little bit more tired when they age. And it's just not physical tiredness. It's just when you've been doing it for 20 or 30 years, it's like, all right, I just don't feel like hustling as much as I used to, you know, I'm, I've kind of proven myself. I don't need to go do that level of hustle anymore, for example, but it's just when we can say, okay, I'm this age and I feel this way. If I can look at what I call my future self and say, I'm, you know, God willing, I'm going to be 10 years older. I'm going to be 20 years older. 
do I want to be doing exactly this, working this hard, hustling this much, being still on the hamster wheel, all these things? Do I want to still be here exactly where I am 10 years ago? If the answer is yes, then great. But if the answer is no, like, no, I want to be, I want to, I want to be able to work less. I want to be able to have the choice not to work at all. I want to be able to have more space and time to be able to do things that I, I don't have the space and time to do right now. I want to, be, you know, and just to really to touch base with that because financially no one's here to save us. And so if we want this future self to have the lifestyle we have today, but with more time and space without having to work as hard as we work today, the only way to do that is to have what's called asset income. It means where a portion and ultimately the goal is all of our income that we could use to pay for our lifestyle comes from what's called our net worth or portfolio. And when that happens, when our portfolio, the assets produce enough income or cash flow that pays for some or all the cost of our life, now we don't have to get it all out of our business, for example. So we wanna move from where all of our kind of income comes from our business and over time, over this period of time, then we get to the place where just we use our younger, harder working years over this time that over this, then we use compounding and these different things that time's on our side that that 10 or 20 year older self then has a really good supplemental income in addition to our business. And that's mm -hmm. called non-working income. And again, that needs to be, first of all, we need to say that I'm as equally committed to my future self and my future self's lifestyle as I am today mm -hmm. and to really connect there and make it meaningful. And that's the work that we do is like, how much money is enough? How much net worth do I need 10 or 20 years from now to give me that space and time that, that I want um, while maintaining my same level of lifestyle, you know, without going backwards or going down. And wow, that time is really going to come. And how does my life then look different than it does now? And we can quantify that amount. So when we can quantify it, and let's just say it's um, a $5 million net worth that's going to equal about, let's say, $250,000 of lifestyle income, then it's, then it's saying like, okay, my younger working years and everything I'm doing, I'm using that money to live a good lifestyle today but I'm equally committed to hitting that $5 million number, let's say 15 years from now. So because I'm so connected to, I can even feel what she's gonna feel like 15 years from now. And I know the age she's gonna be 15 years from now. And so today, like the, what, like to, to answer your question, like what's the mindset or what can help us keep on track? It's keeping on track that we're so committed to that future that and it has so much meaning that we're willing to do the things to stay on track to be able to be able to to be in that mm -hmm. situation and the same is with our health you know if we if we oh, want health you know if we want our health to be a certain way 10 years from now do we get off track with our health do we sometimes mm. get gung ho where we're exercising and we're eating just the right diet and we're sleeping yeah. really well and doing all the things but what we know is like all of a sudden when we get a little bit off track, then we get a little bit more off track and we get a little mm -hmm. bit more. So the it more starts we, small. Yeah. Small, and that, you know, then it just, it compounds, it builds over time. So the more we can, so when it becomes less, let's say in the health world, when it becomes less about losing weight and going on the yo-yo diets to lose weight and becomes more about lifestyle and, and again, emotionally connecting to that future self that we want to have energy to feel great out of if it's a bathing suit, if it's to, to have vitality and energy and to be able to be out of pain and to, you know, look and feel great. We know that we have to work backwards from that. And what's required to do that is like, oh, it's not about the yo-yo diet and just losing the 20 pounds. It's about feeling great. It's about being in a healthy body and a healthy mind. And when we're so committed to that, that lifestyle, that way of leaving, living and that way of being, then it's not like I'm going to go on a crash diet. It's like, all right, maybe I'll, maybe the paleo diet's the best diet for me is a lifestyle diet. And the diet itself is going to keep me more on track. And maybe I have a, a, a friend that I exercise with, or I have a, a 
If I can't get to the gym myself, I have the trainer that's going to keep me consistent with the, the exercising. And, you know, maybe I'm going to turn the, as much as I want to be on my computer at night, I'm going to turn those blue lights off and I'm going to get to bed a little bit earlier, whatever it is, right? It's those little adjustments and what we need to do to keep ourselves on track, to make sure we keep our bodies healthy. Money is the exact same way. You know, mm-hmm. you get a little bit off your diet and you add a little sugar, then a little more sugar. And, you know, it's just so easy. So we have to commit to what's most important. Is it, you know, is it to have the financial wellness? Is it to have the healthy body, mind, and spirit? And when we're connected to that future self, then we're more likely to stay on track because, you know, we want to feel good today and we want to feel good tomorrow versus kind of those temporary instantaneous gratifications that feel good in the moment, but leave us feel terrible later on. Yeah, totally. I mean, you wouldn't jump in your car to go to some random nebulous place. I mean, unless you're just like, screw my life. I want to get out of here. We'll just see what happens. But most of us, when we jump in our car, we know where we're going and we have to use that kind of, you know, same mindset with our life. And, um, and I always use the analogy with patients, like being on a train track and the trajectory. And I always talk about the importance of progress over perfection. It's always about looking at, and I use lab work all the time and retest every few months and look at, are you moving in the right direction? And I don't use it like right or wrong, but are you moving in the direction towards where you want to go? I think I, and one of the things I'm realizing just, especially hanging out with some girlfriends yesterday, kind of in the entrepreneur world and talking to you today, just it solidifies the importance of recognizing you know, the, the actual place you're trying to go to, which is that vision, you know, like using those questions, you said, what is a good life? You know, how much does it cost to create it? I mean, I think that question is really important. And, and, you know, think about it, thinking about what are the stops along the way to that final destination? And that's where I love using things like lab work, but I'm sure, you know, probably with what you do, there's ways that you can see, am I on that trajectory? Or did I take a detour? Am I going off to some random weird Transylvania place, you know, or am I going to that Emerald city or I don't know, I'm mixing different movies, but right on. And it's it's exactly the same way. And you know, what we do is we do what's called money labs, you know, with the, when I, Oh my gosh, just love it. It's so good. It's the same thing that when you're trying, when you're trying to diagnose without looking at the blood work or without looking at the labs, you're kind of just guessing like, well, I've seen symptoms like this before and it could be this or could be that. Yeah. Tell me more about the labs. What does, what does that mean? Yeah. So money labs, like in business, um, we're looking at what's called financial statements. So you all, I've done so much blood work. So, I mean, I know. (laughs) Right, I'm sure. The labs that you guys look at, but you're using those labs and working with your patients to say, hey, you know, we've got some markers here. We've got, these all look green, Mm -hmm. that's great. We've got some yellow, whoa, we've got some red. And, you know, but you're you're doing those to help diagnose and then to help create a plan to obviously to get more back, back on track. So in money, it's the same thing. And we call them financial statements. Now, business, for anybody listening in business, I, I work with mostly, not everyone, but I work with a good portion of, of my patients, if you will, are <laughs> and business owners. And so many, I'd say now, granted, they come to me because they're trying to get their money in order. So my numbers might be skewed, but 80% of them roughly sound something like this. They're like, Christina, my CPA and bookkeeper handle the money. I just want to create. I just want to run the business. I just want to. I, I just, feel attacked again. I don't like this. <laughs> it's just so normal. I just I want people. I don't want to worry about the money. But here's the thing. It's like somebody saying, hey, I just want to abdicate my health to you, Lauren. I don't want to look yeah. at anything. I don't want to actually do the push-ups. I don't want to actually change my diet. Can't you just fix me? Can I just come to you? Can't you just give me the sub right supplements and prescriptions and whatever that's yeah. going to make me not have to change my habits. So it's, it's the exact same thing. So, so yeah, the money labs, it's understanding one, we need to take agency over our health. We need to yeah. take agency over our finances. Why? We need to take agency over our relationships. Why? Because it's our life, <laughs> you know? And abdicating these things to others and not taking ownership of that just means we're giving our agency to somebody else and nobody cares about our life as much as we do. Yeah. 
You can have the best doctors in the world, but they have all these other patients and they care about their life more than they care about my life. It should be that way. Yeah. So understand the agency. So in the business, it's the, it's the desire be like, oh, I want to understand the money in my business. And I want to have, understand all the financials because the financials in business are the labs. They tell us the overall health. They tell us where we're doing well. They tell us where we're off track. They tell us where we're bleeding. Um, right. And they need to be fixed pretty quick. Otherwise, you know, we're going to find the businesses, no matter it might look, look and feel successful on the front end, but underneath it's actually really bleeding. So those are understanding just very simple financial statements. Let's look at the profit and loss. Let's look at the balance sheet. Let's look at, you know, how's cash flow doing and really just doing the work to understand that, to be able to manage the business better that affects profitability and the, the, the health of the business. But the mm -hmm. same thing is, is impersonal is that, that, we what we have our money labs in our in our household and our household labs are more important than our business labs believe it or not but our household labs is the same thing that we want to be able we need to track all of the money and understand how the money flows through our household and it's yeah. it. it's like looking at the blood work of our of our finances but if we're not tracking the money if it's not in a form where we can easily look at it and assess and diagnose it, if it's just, if money's all over the place, we're not paying attention. I mean, trying to do blood work where you have 10,000 reports and each thing's on a different report and you're trying to find it all and it's all scattered and, and you don't have it in like four pages. It's all organized in segments that you can look at this and diagnose and assess in a certain way. But most people's finances are like that. It's like blood work, trying to diagnose when, you don't have any reports to be able to diagnose from. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, it's the importance of understanding like, oh, I need to really look at a profit and loss of my household to see how the income and expenses are flowing to make sure that I have enough money in these different categories segmented so the money can do the work that it's supposed to, that we need it to do to be able to live our good life in all these categories. And oh, there's this thing called a balance sheet. That's just something my CPA does. But a balance sheet, whoa, this balance sheet thing, this thing tells us how we're doing. This is our real wellness check that says like, are we financially on track? Are we going to reach that, you know, that place of having financial freedom and autonomy and getting out of the rat race? Are we on track? Because that's what the balance sheet tells us. And it's very simple to read. But again, it's just something we give to our CPAs and they do something, something. And then, you know, even if they send it back to us, it just goes into the, you know, either we delete it or it goes into a folder somewhere. So yeah, it's just understanding that, that, money and financial wellness follows the same rules as health. Yeah, definitely. I, so my personality is when I think about all of this, I get really overwhelmed because I think about like a vision that's really far off. That's like a big goal. I've always hated making goals. And then I think, about, then I think about being locked in on a track and it's sort of like, I'm stuck there. So I, I always try to like, think back to what are the, just breaking it down into just the daily little miniature things that I can do and find fun ways to enjoy doing those. And then just like, don't pay attention anymore to where I'm going, you know? Um, and maybe meeting with someone, you know, like you to where then I do the check-in, like, am I on track? Um, because I've, or, or finding a way where I can look at the numbers where it's not unenjoyable because it, it has to be fun. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. So when I'm talking with patients, I'm, I'm breaking down their treatment plan to what you are actually doing every single day, you know, how many times a day, why you're doing it. So just breaking it down towards really like bite size, cause it can get very daunting, you know? So how do you do that with your approach? Like breaking this down into more of like daily habits or bite sized chunks. Yeah. You know. So that's, that's, so what I do is I, um, I have a, like a methodology or a protocol, if you will, that mm -hmm. breaks all this down into very small pieces and kind of like you, like you can't, so good. if somebody's coming to you diseased and they have a lot of things wrong, you can't just throw them everything at once. It's like, no, let's just, let's just make some changes with the diet first. Yeah, and right. Exactly. Foundational let's things. Everything. Let's just do these things and moderate, you know, 
small changes at first, like what can you change? What, you know, what behaviors can we modify that yeah. can feel good, you know, and you just break those up. Okay. Now let's tackle this piece. What would be like one little example of like one of those little behaviors? I mean, one of the big ones is to, so one thing is to really just start monitoring your money. Uh It's really looking at that. Just watch it, watch how it's flowing. And I call it in the second piece is to, it's kind of monitoring and tracking it. And then the second kind of stage we want to get to is where we're, we're moving it. Like we're, we're actually enjoying it. And what those that are the most afraid of money or are not afraid of money necessarily, but afraid kind of what you said that I'm just think I'm going to be overwhelmed. It's going to take too much time. I'm going to hate it. It's actually those that come into um, and do the work that actually find the most enjoyment, which is interesting because I think it's kind of having this experience. It's, I don't know if you've never exercised before, and all of a sudden, maybe you you get on a bike and you just like, oh my God, really, there's so much enjoyment to this. And I, and just falling in love with cycling. And then next thing you know, they're doing triathlons or something and they hated exercise. I don't know yeah. if that's a good example, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also, you know, again, it's, it's learning to, it's, it's when, if we believe that we need to move our body and ex- if we want a certain level of wellness, and we believe it to be true that we need to get a certain level of exercise, resistance, training, these different things. So we want to get out of the story that says, I hate exercise, because if you keep the story that I hate exercise, you're never going to exercise. So part of it is just reframing that to say, what exercise can I enjoy? And and, and get into that and to create a love for it, or at least create a discipline for it that makes it enjoyable. Well, I don't really love exercise, but I love meeting my best friend and going to the gym and doing the gym workout together. Or I love the social thing of going to a bar class or yoga class and hanging out afterwards. You know, we can create some narrative around the enjoyment piece because at the end of the day, the body has to be exercised. And money is the same thing that at the end of the day, we have to, we have to do what I call exercise our money <laughs> and we have mm. just have to do that. So exercising our money means it's, it's part of the agency of money. It's really like in usually we're intimidated by it. There's some yeah. level of intimidation or fear, some story. It's just weird. That, yeah. Yeah. That we are uncomfortable that keeps us from that. We, you know, we have any excuse, like, I just want to be the creator. I just want to do this or don't want to, you know, we just create all this narrative around it. But underneath that is some fear, some belief. It's some, you know, whatever that resistance is. So if we can just get beyond that money that we get beyond it in other areas of life, if we can just get beyond that financially and say, you know what, I'm just going to give this thing a try. And I'm just really going to get into my money with the first goal is to change my relationship with money. And the where the relationship is, is I really want to get to know it. I want to have this relationship where I understand it a little bit better. I want to have this relationship where I spend time with it. I want to have a relationship where I'm no longer afraid or intimidated by it. Because money, as opposed to medicine, is so easy. Like whatever that resistance is, is money... Money has very few rules. You have to follow the rules. We need to know the rules, but it has so mm. few. The body is far more complicated and complex. I really like that statement. That like gives me peace <laughs> for some reason. That's really good. It, it is. It's linear, right? It's not. So, it's it not is. analog. <laughs> it is. And yeah. It's, and it's just based on very simple math. Like the medicine and the body is so complex. You guys are dealing with so many things to try to, you know, figure out and get underneath and underneath and underneath what's the real source of this. And, you know, how do we start, you know, where do we even start? Money is so simple. And most people that start doing this work, they, you know, at the end, they're like, you mean I've been avoiding this my entire life and it's this easy? I'm like, yeah, it's just, we're not taught this and money's spoken in these complex terms and kind of all this stuff out there and even all the planners and everything, I think they work to try to keep it complicated because they don't want the secret to get out that actually money is pretty easy. It has like six rules, you know? And if you mm-hmm. follow the six rules and you put that to work and you do your part where you're exercising your money and doing that, the piece you have to do, money just takes care of itself. 
but it's mm-hmm. kind of like the body in a way you think about it that, you know, if you get the right, let's say coaching and advice and you under, and we kind of understand that, okay, we have to live heavy weights to be able to break down the muscles, the muscles rebuild themselves, like the simplest layman terms, the muscles rebuild themselves. And then that, that helps us to create muscle and we need muscle mass as we age and, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when we push heavy weights, that's really good for our bones. And so that's really good as we age and just these very simple layman understandings. Then when we know, and then we can follow a protocol, for example, that let's say the, you know, the trainer says, okay, here's your protocol, go to the gym three times a week, lift these heavy weights, and then, you know, do exactly these exercises on exactly these machines, just follow the protocol. We don't really have to think much about it. And we don't have to be looking at our muscles every day. Are they growing? Are they going to grow? I wonder if my muscles are going to grow. No, because the, the, the universal wisdom and intelligence of our body, it knows what to do and it's going to do it. Yeah. And trust the guidance of your coach. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So our body is going to take the nutrients and it's going to do great things with it. It's going to take the fit, you know, breakdown of muscles and it's going to know how to rebuild them. It's going to take the water and, and, and do all the things like our body does what it does. We don't need to think about it as laymen. We just mm-hmm. need to know what to do and what not to do and do the things we need to do and don't do the things. But at the same time, our body gets diseased. If it's eating too much sugar and doesn't get enough nutrients and doesn't get enough sleep and is stressed out all the time, and then our hormones get out of balance. And then we, you know, then it just becomes this cascade of things that becomes disease state. And then it turns into diabetes or these things turn into autoimmune or the body when it's not getting the stuff that it needs to be able to do the stuff it would naturally do, it starts to, it starts to break down. Yeah. And money is the exact same thing is that money knows exactly what to do when you give it the right nutrients, when you exercise, mm-hmm. it the, you know, the way it needs to be exercised, when you do the things with it, that it needs to be done. And it just does it so miraculously and it grows and builds on itself. And where we get tired, our bodies get tired and break down and we want vacations. Our money never does. It just keeps working 365 days a year and, and, you know, 52 weeks a year and 24, seven a day when we put it to work, but we're not, we're putting our bodies to work. We don't know how to put our money to work. And ultimately we find ourselves in a financial disease state where what that feels like is being on the hamster wheel and living in a constant state of some type of financial anxiety, stress, conflict at some level, as opposed to feeling like, wow, there's plenty of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could talk about this with you all day, um, but I want to make sure I'm honoring your time. So I would love a couple of things. One, if, if you could share a favorite rule um, I, we won't talk about all of them. So I want people to check out your content, but if there's one of your favorites and then just anything else you want to share with us before, um, we let you go and crush your day. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple things. One is a, a money law and it's called the Parkinson's law of money. And the Parkinson's law of money says that, and I've talked about this a little bit, but it says that expenses will always rise to match income. And then it has a second piece of it that says what was once a luxury becomes a necessity. So Mm -hmm. when we break those two things down, that's again, why we get caught in this hamster wheel. Oh my gosh. It's so true. You're like, I have to get my hair done now. I have to get my nails done every three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And it will always fill it up. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just the amount amount of income. And again, it's, it's, it's a law. This is like gravity that's working, you know, gravity works, works, um, you know, part of aging is gravity at work, right? It's not really working in our favor over time. Yeah. It's always working. So Parkinson's law is of money is always working. So it's understanding if that's a law, it's always at work. And that's what keeps us in this. And so what we need to do is that we have to we have to bypass the law. We have to put things in place that keep that natural law from happening and actually then use that law to our favor. Like, I don't know how planes are built, but somehow they, you know, built the plane to 
you know, against gravity that it can still fly versus, you know, crashing down to the ground. So we have to do these same things. So it's understanding that, that the way to get off the hamster wheel is we have to create this thing called wealth. And the way to create wealth that, that um, while to not be victim and prey to Parkinson's law, we have to do what's called creating a margin. And that margin means that here's how we, here's how we get rich and build wealth. And it's as simple as spend less than you make, but we need to know how much less to spend. So for making, let's say $200,000 a year after taxes that we pay our household, then we naturally Parkinson's law will spend that $200,000 a year. So we have to know by doing some very simple math and some work and looking at that future self that's 15 years older, how much money do I need to put aside and to invest and buy assets with straight off the top? That that's my margin. If it's 20%, 30%, if it's 100,000 a year or 50,000 a year, but we have to know that number. How much is that number, that margin of that's that we're going to take out and it's our future self money. It's not our, it's not my money. It's my future self money that I've already identified is going to want this lifestyle and is going to need this amount of money. That's in the you know form of net worth. It's on my money lab called a balance sheet. And then it's then by knowing that number and then tracking our money and being, making sure that we're keeping our money on track, like looking at our labs to make sure that we're not spending more than the amount that, you know, our, um, our protocol tells us that we need to spend. And when we can just accept these different buckets and these different categories and knowing these very, very basic numbers and just then live a lifestyle according to managing our money and according to these very basic numbers, again, that's how we get in the rat race. But all of that, I'll sum that up to say, like, is the one takeaway is that Parkinson's law is always at work. And we're going to be kind of a victim of Parkinson's law unless we modify our kind of knowledge, understanding, and behavior in a way that allows us to bypass it. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Do you do you have time to share? Um, like, I'm all about the tangible takeaways that people can start right away. So, are, is there like maybe one or two just daily habits, like little tiny things that people can start to implement every day? That would make a big compound effect. I mean, on the, on the daily, again, the, the big, the piece, like I said, I put a, uh, put a link to the quiz. And so what I, the work that I recommend everyone to do is kind of looking at the big rock first, because the little bitty changes, they help, but if they're, if they're detached from what the bigger intention is, then again, they're not going to stick. So mm-hmm. um, I have this little quiz, it's wisemoneymethod.com slash quiz, but I invite everybody to take the quiz and it's, I call it just yeah. a very simple financial IQ quiz. It's 10 questions, but there are 10 eye-opening questions that out of, you know, score from zero to hundred percent, thousands of people have taken this quiz and the average score, you know, hundred percent means an A plus, right? The average score is, is 32%. Dang. And this, is the, this is what's the best score you've ever seen. Um, I've seen like an 80%. What's your score? Well, mine know all the answers. So mine's a hundred, but you know, I don't, I, <laughs> okay, I made the quiz. <laughs> okay. But, but the, but it's, it's pretty, they're pretty, I'm not going to call them basic questions, but these knowing the answer to these 10 questions is very connected to what I'd call financial wellness, right? That, so if we get a hundred, if we got a score of hundred percent, for example, it's like, I've got the money thing figured out. I'm doing well. I'm on track. I know my numbers. And that would be an indicator that you don't need my help. You know, you're, you're, you've got it. So anyway, anywhere between like an 80, hundred, but the average score, and these are people, this isn't, these are professionals that take this quiz, right? They're, they're my audience and that type of thing. So we're not talking about those that are in poverty or those that, that no, these are people making usually well over hundred thousand a year, yet this score is 33%. And what that tells me, and I think what it tells us is that even though we're all hustling and making good incomes and building great businesses, we don't know anything about money. And this lack of knowledge is keeping us 
in what I call the month to month hustle. Yeah. So I just invite everybody to take the quiz. Now that's just fun. You can kind of see where you are it, and it's kind of this eye opening, like, holy shit, I don't know the answers <laughs> to these questions. And if it's true, I need to know the answers to this question is to really get out of the rat race. Hmm, maybe I might want to do some digging here, but yeah. that's the fun of it. What's attached to that. What I invite everybody to do is the next step is attached that you'll get an email and it's called the, how much is enough? How much money is enough workbook? And I just invite everybody take the quiz for fun, but it's not about the quiz. Do the workbook. This, this workbook that I'll send you, this is kind of the crux of the, of the program that I work with people. So I can't even, you know, like it's really valuable and helpful. It's like, it's kind of what we do in the program, the biggest piece. So I'm just offering that um, and do that work. That would be the next step and just go this process of, of getting your own number, what I call how much is enough number, and then just seeing what it feels like. And I think by just doing that, it will cause you to, to want to modify one way or another. If it's to say, Hey, I need to call somebody like Christina to help me, you know, get on track. Or if it's like, wow, now that I know my number, I know what I'm doing all this work for. So that's what I say, start there. And then it's very easy from there to say, Hey, I can, I think I can come up with my own modifications of little daily things I can do. It's so good. And start tiny everybody. Cause I know this can be so overwhelming for, for people. And it, it's similar with, um, you know, patients who come to see me, it's like, and I just say, start with a walk of 20 minutes a day, just do that, you know? And even if you do that for a month and then you do the next thing to me, I still see that as progress. Um, so it's really not about perfection, you know, it's the same thing with this area. It's moving in the right direction. So it's awesome. I love this stuff. Thank you so much, Christina, for um, spending time with us and sharing with us, you know, a lot of your mindset shifts that we can make um, and, you know, just really um, kind of looking at the mirror a little bit and just having like the courage to do that, like giving us the courage to do that. Really appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate you taking your, you know, pain and, and putting that into a lot of what you do with your, um, you know, I mean, not to make it cliche, but with your purpose, but truly, you know, you know, you are paying it forward and helping people, um, overcome a lot of what you had to go through. Um, so just really appreciate everything that you're doing. Really appreciate all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it's just to kind of, to, to sum all that up as, you know, my goal is to help people really move out of the pursuit of more. Yeah. You know, really have a goal to create financial wellness in their, you know, in the desire to, to create overall wellness. And again, I'll, I'll complete by saying money's so easy. It's the last one to be intimidated by relationships and health are far more complex than money thing. Right. Yeah. So that's good. You know, maybe some of you listening, you're like, I'm good in the relationship department or my health's doing pretty good. Well, from Christina's, you know, words that the money part is easier than, than what you've already overcome. So, Hey, maybe you can take that on next. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. You guys got it. Well, um, thank you again. We really appreciate you and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.